0: Well, our current series of lessons we've been on is entitled Desperate Households. Say Desperate Desperate Households. The sole purpose of this series has been to save, stabilize, and strengthen all forms of relationships. Now, as we have reached the end of this series, I've saved the best lesson and the principle that will help us have better relationships. I've saved it for last. Today's lesson affects every part of every relationship. It is so powerful that it affects the individual before they even reach relationships. Today's lesson is entitled, Loving Yourself, the Key to a Better Relationship. Loving Yourself, the Key to a Better Relationship. Now, I also have a subtopic for this morning's message, and it is self-esteem, the key to a better us. Self-esteem, the key to a better us. If you have your Bibles, turn to the book of Matthew, chapter 22. Matthew, chapter 22. This is going to be a very, very powerful lesson. And I need those of you, uh, let me just say this. I believe this is a message that you need to play over and over and over and over and over over again until it gets down into your spirit. Amen. Matthew, chapter 22. Look in verse number number 37. And here's the, the point that I want you to write down this morning. My love, your love for others is controlled by the love that you have for yourself. I'm going to say that again. Your love for others is controlled by the love that you have for yourself. Matthew chapter 22, and I'm going to start in verse 37. Are you there? Say, I'm there. Jesus said unto them, you shall love who? The Lord thy God with what? All All of your heart and with what else? All of your soul, and with what else? All of your mind. He says in verse 38, this is the first and great commandment. Look in verse 39. And the second commandment is like unto it you shall love thy neighbor as what? Thyself. Uh, as thyself. I want you to hear me now. Jesus has just given us two major commandments. He said the first commandment is to love the Lord your God with all of your heart, all of your soul. All of your mind. And then he says the second commandment is just as important as the first one. And he says to love thy neighbor as thyself. Now, most people overlook what Jesus was really saying. Jesus was really saying you only have the capacity to love other people with the capacity you are able to love yourself. Now, I have some good news and some bad news. The good news is the love of God has been shed in our heart by the Holy Spirit, which says that we all have the capacity. If we have Jesus Christ in our lives, we have the capacity to love the way God does. That's the good news. Here's the bad news. We show how much we love ourselves by how we treat other people. Now, if you are married, I probably just slept all the love that you thought you had out of you right there. I mean, think about it. The manifestation of how much I love myself is showed when I love my spouse. Then that just says that some of us don't love ourselves too well because we're not treating our spouses too well. I got a Baptist amen in the back. now, that says to me that I need to properly love myself or I can't love nobody else. Now, let me give you some traits of low self-esteem or low love towards yourself. Here's some traits. One of them is, do you care what other people think about you? I'm just going to be a little check mark, okay? Do you care what other people think about you? Do you see the negative things about yourself the most, the first? Can you accept the compliments from others without downplaying what they actually said to you? Girl, that's a nice dress. Oh, that's an old dress. Oh, yeah, I bought this two years ago. They didn't ask you all that. Does your past mistakes keep you in bondage and you think about them a lot? Do you feel undeserving of good things when they're happening to you? Do you treat yourself bad? Are you extremely hard on yourself? Do you feel the need to always impress people? It sure is quiet in here. (laughs) Do you consistently lack confidence? Now, if I just touched on just one of those in your life, just raise your hand if I just touch one of them. Okay. All right. Those who didn't raise their hand, you are lying in the name. No, I'm just, I'm, just messing with, I'm just messing with you. I'm just messing with you. At some point in time, everybody to a certain degree experiences low self-esteem or less love for themselves. So my goal this morning is to help you see how, it is, how important it is for you to love yourself the way you need to. And how we see ourselves is so important because how we see ourselves affect three areas of our lives. I want you to write down the first one, and it is how you value yourself. Then number two, it affects how you view yourself. And then number three, it affects how you validate yourself. So I'm going to tell you those are three areas that affect how you see yourself. And what was the first one, class? How you value yourself. What was number two? How you view yourself. And then what was number three? How you validate yourself. Now, the word value, I looked it up in the dictionary, and it means the importance of or worth of a person or thing. Now, value for something can only be determined by the owner of a thing. So the higher the value, the more the cost of that item is. In other words, if I own something, you can only purchase it due to the price I set because I'm the owner of the item. And the more value I've placed on the item, the more it's going to cost you to buy it from me. Somebody say amen to that. Amen. Now turn over to First Corinthians chapter 6. First Corinthians chapter six, because many of us, the reason we don't love ourselves like we should is because we don't understand the value that God placed on us. First Corinthians chapter six. Now, look in verse 19. It says, what? Know you not that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit, which is in you, which you have of God, and you are not your what? You are not what? No. Listen to him. He just said now that the, my body is the temple of the Holy Spirit and that I don't belong to myself. Now, if I don't belong to me, who do I belong to? Look at the next verse. Look now in verse 20. For you are bought with the price. Stop right there. That tells me that God or whoever owns me Valued me to a point that there's a price on my life. Well, let's see what that price is. He said you were bought with the price. Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit with your gods. Now, let me say this to you because I want to skip and just fast forward. We were purchased with the blood of Jesus. Watch this. That means God's value toward us was so high. That somebody, not something, somebody had to die because our value to God was so high. And if God valued us that much, who are we to devalue ourselves? Listen to this. Our value of ourselves should never be quantified or defined by how we look, how we feel, what we have. What we don't have by the choices, good or bad, that we've made. But our value should be determined by who the owner is and the price they paid for our lives. In other words, your value this morning is seriously high because somebody had to die for you. And when you understand that value that is not connected to... In fact, go to Luke. Turn your Bible to Luke chapter 12 very quickly. Luke chapter 12. See, many times in life... We've allowed different things to determine our value. Many of us in this room, we have allowed what we own or don't own determine our value. Let me say this to you. There is not a a house big enough to determine your value. Luke chapter 12, look in verse 15, if you're there, say I'm there. Luke 12, 15. Now, this was Jesus talking. Very, very powerful scripture. I need you to underline it in your Bible if you have it. It says this. Jesus said, Take heed and beware of covetousness, for a man's life consists not in the abundance of the things he possesses. In other words, my value, your value, is not connected to what we own or don't own. Our value was determined by God. When he decided that we were so valuable to him that he needed to buy us back from the devil, and the only way to do that was to cause his son to shed some blood that was innocent for us. Yeah. Wow. Now, see, when you just start thinking like that, it'll change your mind about you. Now, who in here has a hundred-dollar bill? Anybody in here? Let me see the hundred-dollar bill. Let me see your hundred-dollar bill real quick. Let me see it. Is it real? Let me see if make sure it's real. Okay, all right, good. All right, all right. Yeah, all right. Huh. How many believe this is a real $100 bill? How many don't believe it's a real $100 bill? Let me see a hand. One person, two person. Okay, now, what's the value of this $100 bill? That means you're able to go to any place that accepts this currency and purchase $100 worth of items. Now, I need you to understand that the value of this particular bill was not set by you. It was set by an industry or government industry that says this is the value of this $100 bill. And they have set it up where you can go and buy things that would at least be equivalent to this. Now, what if I just ball this $100 bill up, threw it on the ground, just stomp on it a couple of times, What if I just threw it up against the wall, just beat it up? I mean, just, I'm the. see, that represents trials and struggles you've gone through in your life. But did it change the value of the hundred dollar bill? So it doesn't matter what you've gone through in your life. Your value in God's eye is still the same. Sorry about that, bro. (laughs) You still get spinning, though. You still get spinning. Let me give you another example of value. Everybody say value. It's not the painting that makes the painting valuable. It's the person who painted the painting. So if I had two paintings up here and they were identical, and one of them Well, just had no name on it, and the other one had the name Picasso down at the bottom, which painting has more value? The Picasso. You know why? Because the name Picasso has value to it. Well, the Bible says that we are under a name that is greater than every name. And at that name, everything must bow. So that means now, regardless of what I've gone through in life, my value didn't change. Now, go to Proverbs chapter 23. Proverbs 23. We just talked about value. Value is very important because it helps me see myself uh, the way I need to see myself. But then sometimes our view of ourselves are not good. The view of ourselves are not good. Proverbs 23. Let me show you what happens. We get, you know, we were raised and and come into the world. And and, uh, what we don't realize is that uh, whatever gets into your belief system first. Is what you're going to believe in life And unfortunately many of us weren't We weren't maybe raised In a biblical environment Which means that whatever What got into our system first Was not truth Now Proverbs 23 Look in verse 7 Now everybody knows this verse because uh, The first part of it is what we always quote It says for as a man Or as he thinks In his what? Heart. Heart So is what? So watch this now. How I see myself, my personal view of myself is very, very important. Now go to John, turn over to John, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. How I see myself is important because what we think about ourselves, you know, most people, what they think about themselves is really what other people think about them. Now, let me show you why how you think about yourself is so important. John chapter 1, if you're there, say, I'm there. there. Look in verse 19. John 1 19. It says, Now, this is the record of John. Are you there? Say, I'm there. Okay. It says, And this is the record of John when the Jews and priests sent Levites from Jerusalem to ask him, Who are you? Touch your neighbor and say, Neighbor, who are you? Now, look at your other neighbor and say, Neighbor, none of your business. He says, who are you? Watch this now. And he confessed and denied not, not but confessed, read it with me, I am not the Christ. Did John answer the question? No. no. They asked John, who are you, John? And John turned around and said, I am not the Christ. Let me show you why that was good of John. Because John knew who he was. And when you know who you are, you know who you are not. So don't worry about it when people are calling you names. That's right. If the name doesn't match who you are, don't worry about it. Some of y'all getting ready to fight at work cuz she called you a bee. Well, if you ain't a bee, you ain't a bee. And if you don't know what a bee is, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. John said, "I am not the Christ." Then they said in verse 21. They ask him, "What then, are you Elias?" and he said what no they said are you that prophet and he said what no now do you know what that says to me that uh, everybody else is going to have what they think that you are everybody's going to have their view of who they think you are and you can't let the view of other people determine who you are because everybody's views are different He said who are you then in verse 22 they finally get the point they say, finally say listen then they said unto him who are you That we may give an answer to them that sent us. What do you say about yourself? What do you say? Not about, listen, they didn't say what does Jesus say? They didn't say what your mama say. They say, what do you say about yourself? And I need you to see, because if you don't get the proper view of who you are, you will be who you ain't. Watch what John's response was. He said, I am the voice of one crying in the wilderness. Make straight the way of the Lord. Watch this now. This is important. As said the prophet Isaiah. In other words, John did not take his natural lineage and make that who he was. He did not. Watch this now. He did not take his family heritage and say and pull out his driver's license from Jerusalem and say, I'm John the Baptist. Zachariah is my dad. He was a priest that was serving in the temple. My mom's name is Elizabeth. My family's own this and they own this and they own that. Listen, listen, when you come into Christ, you got a whole new family. Amen. And that's why family generational curses can stop when you recognize whose new family you in. Don't worry about generational curses. The Bible says, cursed is the one who hangs on the tree. So Jesus bore the curse for me. That's right. That's right. So John, watch this now, he took what God said about him and he made it his own. In other words, John allowed God's word to define who he was that was his view of himself and that's what we got to do we got to find god's word and we got to look at it and see what does god say about me you know what he says he says i'm more than a conqueror i read the bible and it says greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world i read the bible and i'm in a difficult situation and the bible still says i can do all things through christ who strengthens me Then I wake up the next morning. I don't feel good, but the Bible says I can put on a garment of praise and put on for the spirit of heaviness. The Bible says that God always causes me to triumph in Christ Jesus. That means I'm always a winner. So my viewpoint is determined by not what I've gone through, but who I belong to. Are you all with me now? Let's look at the word validate real quick, and then we're going to. Closed this morning. Oh man, I'm out of time. Sorry, everybody, close your Bibles. Let's go home. I'm just messing with your you Everybody say validate. Valid. Now, what does it mean to validate? This is the process in which we use to confirm or approve who we are. You know how when you go and park and they validate your parking? Basically, they've approved for you to be in that parking space and they approved it to the point they say, We'll pay for it. Well, How you validate yourself depends on how you view yourself. Now, if you notice, John's validation of himself was God's word. That's why it said that he says, as said the prophet Isaiah. So we got to get to the point where our validation doesn't come from man. It comes from God. Now, turn over to Matthew very quickly. Go to Matthew chapter four. Matthew four. Matthew four. Matthew chapter four. Matthew chapter four. And while you're turning there, what are some things that most people use to validate how they see themselves? I'm going to tell you some of them real quick. Here's some things. These are things that, other than the Bible, because the Bible is what we ought to use to validate ourselves. But what are the things that people use to validate themselves other than God's Word? Because if anything other than God's Word is what you use to validate you, you're going to be an up-and-down Christian. You're going to feel good about yourself one day or one minute. Or one second, and then the next second, you ain't going to feel good about yourself. They all start with DDs, so you can write these down. The first thing that people use to validate themselves and how they see themselves is the devil. (laughs) D-A, devil, the devil. This is where we allow the negative thoughts and lies from the devil to confirm who we are. Let me tell you a secret. The devil is a liar. And the Bible says he is the father of lies. In other words, lies started with him. And so all he tries to do is plant negative lies in our minds and it's up to us to believe it. And so sometimes everybody say the devil. And once the devil gets your identity, he's got you. When, when you get stuck in your past and all the things you used to do, when you allow those things to now overshadow who God has made you, he's got you. Uh, are you in Matthew? Let me, he tried to do this to Jesus. Let me show it to you, Matthew chapter 3. Look in verse 13. It says, then come Jesus from Galilee, from Jordan, to be baptized of John. And John forbade him, saying, I have need to be baptized. Are y'all there with me? I have need to be baptized of you and you come to me. And Jesus answered and he said unto him, Suffer it now to be so, for thus it becomes to fulfill all righteousness. Then he suffered him or allowed him. Verse 16. And Jesus, when he was baptized, went up straightway out of the water and lo, the heavens were open unto him and he saw the spirit of God descending like a dove and lightning down upon him. And lo, a voice from heaven. A voice from where? A voice from where? A voice from heaven, who you think that is? That's God speaking. And this is what it says. This is my beloved son. I don't know if it sounds like that, but I figured it sound like that. This is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. In other words, Jesus got baptized. Next thing you know, he heard a voice come from heaven and say to him, you are my son. Just like he's trying to say to you today, you are my child. Now, watch what happens, though, because any time you start learning who you are in Christ, the devil is going to try to sense circumstances to make you doubt who God says you are. Look now, now, now forget now chapter 4 is a chapter. Let's just keep reading as if it's all one book because it is. And lo, a voice from heaven saying, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. Then was Jesus led up of the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by who? The devil, so God don't tempt. Look in verse 2. And when he had fasted 40 days and nights, he was after hungry. And when the tempter came to tempt him, he said, watch this now, class. If you be the son of God, command that these stones be made bread. What he's trying to do is make Jesus think he's not the son of God because he just heard the voice just a few seconds ago. And that's what circumstances try to do. Things happen in your life. All they're asking is, are you who you say you are? That's, they, they, that, listen, the devil wants to come after your identity. He wants to come and really wants to know if you believe who God says you are. And if you notice, look at the next temptation. Because watch this. He had Jesus made that stone into bread, that wouldn't have never made him not the son of God or was the son of God. He was the son of God because he was the son of God. That's right. So you don't have to prove nothing to the devil. If you love me, you'll sleep with me. Well, you ain't. I don't love you then. You know, some of, some of these single men saying that to you, ladies. If you love me, you will sleep with me. Well, you must don't love the Lord. I'm talking about single people now. I ain't talking about married people because you ought to be sleeping with your spouse if you marry. married. Some of y'all laughing, but I, I'm telling the truth right there. Look at verse 4. He said, in answer, It is written. Look in verse 5. Then the devil took him up into the city and he said in verse 6 and he said unto him, if you be the son of God. Because he noticed two of the temptations that Jesus had was how he viewed himself. So everybody say the devil. Yeah. And then sometimes dumb decisions is what makes us sometimes validate ourselves or how we see ourselves. This is where I have allowed the mistakes that I have made in my life to determine who I am. Don't ever allow your mistakes to define you. You're not defined by your mistakes. You are defined by who God says you are. Everybody say the devil. devil. Say "Dumb dumb decisions. Here's the next one. Devil level moments. This is where we allow the actions of our past to condemn and validate who we are. Listen, just because you had a devil level moment, move on with your life. Don't let the devil hold that over your head. And every time you wake up in the morning, because I see some of y'all doing this, you asking for forgiveness for the same thing you did yesterday. Well, if you didn't do it today, why are you asking for forgiveness? Because once you ask God to forgive you, he did it. So if I wake up every morning with the same thing, Lord, forgive me for throwing coffee on that man. Lord, forgive me for throwing coffee on that man. Lord, forgive me. He, he, He forgave me when I asked him the first time. I don't wake up thinking about me doing that no more. Amen. Amen. Now, can I close my series with my closet coffee story? Can I do that? Because I got an ending that y'all didn't tell y'all. See, I never tell y'all, told y'all how it ended. I'm not, I'm not even talking about me apologizing to the guy. It didn't end like that. I had some police officers show up at my house. Y'all want to hear the story? For those of you who don't know, Uh, Almost three years ago, Pastor Evan had a devil-level moment. And a devil-level moment is just when you let your flesh take control and you do something you you are so out of character when you do it. You know, it's just like some of y'all when you just cuss somebody out and you ain't cussed in like 10 years. And everybody looking at you like, oh, my God. So I used to go to Starbucks every morning and buy some coffee. I'd buy the same thing, a tall... I bought one yesterday, a tall caramel macchiato with extra, extra... Extra caramel in it with whipped cream on top. And they would come in and they, and they knew who I was with the same order. I'd go in there and get my coffee. And uh, this particular day, the man that was making my coffee, I didn't recognize him. No big deal. I'm still, and I would pay extra for my coffee because I wanted extra caramel in it. So they would charge me extra. It would be on my receipt. They would actually charge me extra for coffee. No problem. So that particular day, he fixed my coffee and I tasted my coffee and it didn't taste right. Just like it really didn't taste right yesterday. But see, I done got smart with the devil because I bought me some caramel. (laughs) You ain't getting me. I sure did. I bought, and I didn't just buy regular caramel. I bought caramel from Starbucks. They sell it, just ask them. So that particular day, it didn't taste right. I didn't know they sold caramel at the time. So I said, excuse me, I tasted, I said, excuse me, sir, could you please give me some more caramel? He said, no, you need to get back in line and pay for some more if you want some more. I thought he was joking. I started laughing. Ah, I feel you, I feel you. I said, uh, and so I left my cup up there. One person go by, two people go by. Three people go by. He ain't giving me no caramel. How many know I'm getting upset? Just like you get upset. And the more you think about it, the more upset you get. So you go from being in the spirit all night. Nice, you were singing Fred Hammond in the car. You go from spirit to the flesh. Now you're getting all upset. You start grumbling. Now you just go to the devil level. And so I went, I went back up there. I said, excuse me, sir. Did you hear me ask for some more karma? He said, yes, I did. And he's loud talking to me too now. Because everybody hearing me. Yes, I did. I told you to get back in line if you, and pay for some more if you want some more. So y'all know me. Oh, no, no, you're not getting away with that. I pull out my receipt. I said, excuse me, sir. My receipt says I paid for extra karma. I know what your receipt say. You need to get back in line and pay for some more. So now I'm like hot now. So now he and I start arguing over who going to win. And he saw that I wasn't going to give up. So the guy was like, fine. So he takes my cup, puts it down, and he squeezes the karma. And he was... All he had to do was just squeeze it straight like this. But now he wanted to do this, and the cover went all on the side of the cup. I had a problem after that. People say the first thing that comes to your mind is God. No, it ain't. First thing came to my mind, dashing with the coffee. I meditated on that thought too long. Douche! I dashed him with the coffee. Deuce! And he looked at me like, some of y'all looking at me like, did he really do that? I dashed him. And it was in slow motion too. Coffee was like flying in the air. And I could see his eyes getting big like, oh my God, coffee is coming. And and I was looking and going, oh, my God, I threw coffee on him. I'm a pastor. Oh, Lord Jesus, help me. (laughs) Did it hit him in the chest? Boosh. He was like, sir, you didn't have to do that. I'm hot now. You, You didn't have to treat me like that. I'm all at the devil level, so let's fast forward the, the, the story so finally, after being convinced that I needed to 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 you know ask for forgiveness that's Christian terminology, basically say you're sorry. I went into the store and he uh he didn't want to come out because he thought I came in and beat him up, I guess, so he didn't come out well. Some days later, actually some weeks later, I'm getting ready to leave my house. And I notice, you know, some two people walk up and they're plainclothes officers. They got the little badge right there, like on TV right there by their by belt. I know what they wanted. So he was like, are you Mr. Connor?" I was like, sure. He's, he's got a full picture of me in his folder. I said, let me see that picture. How'd you get that? He said, oh, we got them saved in the system. It was a full copy of my driver's life. I mean, picturing everything. He said, uh, we're here to... It was him and a lady. We're here to, to, to see about an incident that you were involved in. I said, was it the coffee? He said, well, yes, it was. He said, would you like to tell me what happened? And so I went through the whole thing with him. And you know what he said? I'd have threw it on him too. That's what he said. I promise you. Now, I got a ticket. This all y'all know. You know how you get a speeding ticket? I got a ticket. I think I paid like 350 bucks. That was an expensive coffee lesson. Everybody say devil level moments. You can't let that define who you are. Number four, degrading deeds of others. This is where the defiling acts of others try to conform me to negative views of myself through shame. Damaging discussions, this is where the consistent negative words of other people have shaped my conscience into a negative uh, viewpoint towards myself. And then developmental discoveries, which to me is huge, because when you were little, you were so innocent, and that was the time that the devil wiped out a lot of us. Our self-esteem was shot when we were kids, because people around us who were supposed to encourage us were the ones telling us that we can't do it. Amen. Amen. This is where my soul was in a sensitive state as a child and the negative actions, words and deeds of those who I trusted and deemed important damaged me. And then here's the last one, defiling doctrines. This is where well-meaning people have taught us with false beliefs and hand-me-down values and, and they wrongly divided God's word to the point that we believe something that was really a lie. And sometimes people have wrongly divided God's word. And people think that God wants me to be poor. God don't want you poor. God wants you healed. God wants, he wants the best for us. So as I close this morning, I want you to go through, you need to get this CD. I threw a lot at you at the end. I need you to listen to it over and over and over. And I want you to ask yourself, where did I get my value from? Do I value who God said I am? Uh, Do I lean on what people think about me? Have you allowed the viewpoint of that situation you went through to shape who you are? If you have, I hear the the Lord of uh, of hosts saying, you're bigger than that. With every head bowed and every eye closed, you may be here this morning. And I believe there are some people here that the enemy...